There's been an awakening. Can you feel it? They've doubted us for 20 years. You've never heard of our players. We're just too young to win. This model doesn't bring trophies. Dallas are the 2016 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup winners. They have done it. FC Dallas have won the MLS Supporter Shield. Do we have your attention? In 2017, we defend together, attack with furious speed, and strike with authority. We sing it, we feel it, we live it deep in the heart. Welcome to FCD Talk, episode 16. This is Ben. And this is Preston. How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Got a... New computer, got a new setup, got a new intro, so things are going great right now. There we go. Can't complain about that. Definitely, definitely. Things moving faster, so I'm excited. There we go. That's great. All right, so man, what a what a great week. Let's let's just dive into last game. And by the way, this show we have beats featured by the Passion Hi-Fi. Uh, go to the passionhifi.com. A lot of great beats. They're actually free, or you can buy them. But the game from Saturday, like what? What more can we say about that performance, especially with with the play of of Maxi? And we'll get into to him a little bit more later on in the show. But we talked about the slow start, and we clearly did not have a slow start in this game coming out early with uh, some a big goal in the first three minutes uh, but what was your thoughts uh, as a whole for sure yeah uh, Dallas uh, won a penalty in the second minute of the game and you know I mean this was the first penalty that Dallas has earned this season so there's gonna be a lot of question as to who was going to uh, be the penalty kick taker while Mario Diaz is out injured. Uh, whether it's going to be Maxi who ended up taking the penalty kick, or if it was going to be maybe Kellen Acosta, or uh, maybe Minor Figueroa. He's been taking a lot of set pieces lately. Uh, so there were, there were several different options, but uh, Maxi has been the target striker. He's been the guy that's been on fire this season. So naturally, he's been the one that was gifted with penalty. And finally got uh, that monkey off the backs that... Uh, that Dallas couldn't really score a goal in the first half, so that really changed the that really changed the pace and the the mindset of Dallas. Uh, and it was it was great to see, and uh, it was I, I, I got to give some credit to Matt Hedges with that absolutely boomer of a header that he that he scored in the second half. And uh, you know I got to give some credit to 
Jason Poon, uh, one of the contributors with Big D Soccer, he wrote this fantastic fantastic article on why Matt Hedges hasn't been called up into the men's national team. And uh, I, I encourage you all to check that out. Uh, pretty much he was basically saying that he's uh, basically like a Swiss army knife in a sense. He has a lot of a lot of good things about him, but he's not necessarily elite in everything. I, I, I more so call him like an elite jack-of-all-trades. He's very good at a lot of things, but he's not necessarily the best at something, uh, which is a little bit surprising considering that he's been FC Dallas's Defender of the Year the past three seasons and MLS Defender of the Year uh, last season. So uh, you got to give some credit to Hedges for having an amazing game uh, against Real Salt Lake as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a couple of things that I wanted to point out, Jesse Gonzalez uh, makes the 2017 single-game best six saves uh, in his fourth shutout, uh, and Jesse Gonzalez has been playing well. Also, we remain unbeaten, so we are still pushing this unbeaten streak, and uh, like we've been talking about Kellen Acosta pretty much all year, he gets that assist to uh, Matt Hedges but I have to agree with you as far as Matt Hedges goes I think he is kind of a jack of all trades and but he is key for this team and uh, we definitely need him to be on uh, on the field and be you know ready to go each game the most surprising thing out of this game last week we spent a lot of time on Javier Morales we were thinking okay he's gonna start we were thinking he's going to get a lot of playing time, and he did not play at all. Uh, to me, that really stood out, and I was kind of scratching my head wondering why, but I don't know if you had a take on that. Well, I mean, here's here's my thought on it. Uh, Javier Morales has been, like, he was brought in primarily to be an impact player, similar to what Mario Rosales was last season, and yes... Uh, Morales spent the majority of his career out in Salt Lake City, so it was going to be his big return home. And looking at Dallas's results uh, throughout this season, uh, Dallas has struggled in the first half to get goals. So they brought in some firepower in the second half. Whenever Morales was starting, it was Michael Barrios that came in in the second half to bring in that added spark that really changed the game. But at this point where uh, these substitutions would normally happen, Dallas is already up 2-0. And with Morales being 37 years old, you don't want to risk your your playmaker that's supposed to be the stand-in while Mario Diaz is out injured. You don't want to risk him getting injured in a game that he doesn't need to be out for. So uh, I think it was a wise move by Pereja to not play him and have it more of a, uh, a ceremonial return. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of... Uh, good reactions from the fans at Rio Tinto Stadium. Uh, they they gave him a big tribute before the game, so I still think that it was a big uh, a big positive for Morales to at least make the trip and to uh, see his old team and see his old fans again. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the most important part is he did get a tribute from from Salt Lake. Uh, really, us playing him. Was It was a shocker to me, but I am glad that he got that tribute. Uh, and we won 3 nothing. I wasn't expecting us to get that big of a margin of a win, but it was definitely an impressive win for us. Uh, that puts it in uh, uh, the top spot in the West. So it's 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 an exciting time for us right now. And, it really um, is. 
It really and, is. And I want to I want to go back a couple steps because you brought up Jesse Gonzalez with his six saves. Uh, I feel like his uh, his attribution to the team has gone a bit unnoticed, in my opinion. He's made some unbelievable saves, but he's been very steady. If I'm not mistaken, he's had four or five shutouts since he's come in uh, into the team, and nobody has even asked where Chris Seitz has been. Yeah, he's been like he's made it back onto the bench, but nobody's calling for him to get back into the starting 11 because Jesse Gonzalez is a fantastic young goalkeeper and whenever he's given the opportunity he takes advantage of it. We saw it in 2014 during the last start of the season and into that play into that playoff push. I, I'm sorry, the 2015 season, not 2014. Uh, but whenever Dallas went to the Western Conference Final, uh, Jesse Gonzalez was in the heat of that during the intense playoff run and, and in the closing stages of the regular season of of 2015 and uh sites primarily kept him out throughout 2016 he made a few starts here and there but uh sites has struggled really uh since the during that time whenever Dallas was playing pachuca struggled in Concacaf champions league and in mls and it it showed and uh bringing in jesse gonzalez after uh, Pachuca knocked out Dallas out of the Champions League. That was probably that was probably a big confidence killer for Sites because he made some horrible mistakes. And uh, granted, he also had that hamstring injury as well, uh, so that probably gave him some time uh, to gather his head. But Jesse Gonzalez has been phenomenal since he uh, since he took that spot, and uh, it's it's a little bit too early to say right now, but he could be. A big, he could be a big factor into uh, how good of a team uh, this FC Dallas team will be uh, compared to last year. Yeah, definitely. I think his contribution has been major. And yeah, you're right. We can't overlook that. And a lot of people, you know, in the, in the MLS circles haven't heard them asking for Chris Sykes. So he's obviously doing a great job. Uh, like we said with the shutouts and he's he's a younger talent that clearly is is has the edge on on sites so uh 3-0 big win next up we've got New York City FC this is a an interesting date for the game it's on mother's day um i'm pretty sure my wife's not going to want to go to the FC Dallas game for Mother's Day. I'm sure somebody's somebody's mom is going to want to go to this game. But I thought it was an interesting date, but I get it. You want to you want to promote it and what better to have it on a holiday. But uh, I don't know, are you you going to this game? Uh I am not too sure yet. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I need to figure all that stuff out with my mom, figure out yeah what exactly we're going to do. So uh, it's going to be a big question mark for me whether I go or not. Uh, worst case scenario, Dal- Dallas is home next week, and I'll I'll be there then. Yeah, and I'm, I think I'm definitely in that same boat. Yeah, if, if I came to my wife and I said, hey, I'm going to go to the FC Dallas game instead of taking you out to dinner, that, that would not be a good look. For me, no, that all. would not go well. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a rec- recommendation, listeners. Make sure you do something for your wife and your mother, or whoever, whatever woman in your life that are mothers. Make sure you take care of business. All right, so 
New York City FC, they are third uh, in the East. They've got 16 points. Uh, we've got 18. And this this is going to be a good game. This is not... Uh, we've been having some tough matchups. Uh, and I think this is not going to be an easy one at all. Uh, you look at the, at the goals scored. Uh, they've got 17. We've got 13. Uh, they're fourth and we're 10th. But also, the other interesting thing is that goals conceded 10 by New York City FC and 5 by us. So... I think this is going to be kind of a match of offense, defense, you know, who has the better, uh, the, the better uh, or the upper hand. Uh, but what's an overall review uh, for you in this game? Well, my personal opinion on the, on the, how many goals they've scored, how many they've conceded. I blame that completely to their home stadium. They play in Yankee stadium. It's a very narrow field to where you're going up and down so quickly that there's going to be a bunch of goals no matter what. So I, I feel like that, that stat is a little bit skewed in my opinion, but uh, you can't discount the attacking power that they do have in that team. Uh, you've got MLS MVP, David Villa, you've got Jack Harrison, uh, Tommy McNamara, uh, tons of talent uh maxi morales they brought in uh to uh study the midfield along with andrea perlo uh there it's been a very exciting team to watch and it shouldn't be discounted uh how good they are but i feel like that they do have some gaps uh in their defense sean johnson is a good goalkeeper uh, he really needed to get out of Chicago, and I feel like that trade was very good for him to move to New York City. But uh, I feel like that there are some gaps due to the fact that they plan a home that their home stadium is so narrow, and I actually don't think it is FIFA regulation, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they struggle whenever it comes to width, and that plays perfectly into Dallas's strengths with having Hernangrana. Uh, Michael Barrios, Roland Lamar, uh, guys like those that can really, uh, really destroy City uh, down the flanks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, playing in Yankee Stadium is, is just crazy. I, I would never consider oh. that being a soccer arena. It, it to me, it, it is weird. And I think we played a game there last year. And it was just weird seeing the fans basically, I believe it was like on the, on the, in the outfield. And that was kind of like the, the end. Uh, so that, that's a very interesting setup that they have there. Oh, and I don't sure. know if their plans, future plans are to build something or are they just kind of going to be hanging out there? Well, that's, that's, that's the weird thing for me is that they have discussed plans to build. Uh, but they haven't been able to nail down any sites. Uh, I think I'm, I'm from. I believe that they'd want to stay in the Bronx just because uh, that's where Yankee Stadium is. That's where their fan. That's where their fan base is. And finding that amount of space in the Bronx, it's going to cost them a lot of money. And they're probably going to have to uh, tear down some uh, some businesses, tear down some apartments, and make and force the space to happen. That's going to cost them a lot of money. And that's what David Beckham is dealing with down in Miami. They cannot get they they, get, they can't get the land in order to build the stadium that they need. So that way they can actually uh, start that team up there. 
So, uh, from my understanding, from the time being, they're staying in, in Yankee Stadium at least the next few years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely you know a situation that uh, it's a tough choice to make. And yeah, you've got to think about the money. That's the most important part. How much money you plan on forking out, uh, or just stay where you are and, and ride it out. So they are. If we look at the past matchups that we've had with uh, New York City FC, so last year uh, it ended in a 2-2 tie, and then the year before that we won 2-1. So there is some experience here, I think, between the two teams. Uh, I would definitely say a key player, David Vila, he's got eight, uh, excuse me, six goals. You got Jack Harrison's got four, and then Rodney uh, Rodney Wallace, excuse me, has got three. So that this is not going to be a pushover uh, for sure, and I'm you know interested to see how we how we match up against these guys. And some of the matchups here, there's two key matchups: Matt Hedges versus David Vila. So. Matt Hedges is coming off his first goal. I think he is going to have his hands full with the reigning MLS MVP. What's your thoughts on this matchup? Oh, it's going to be a very good matchup. Uh, having the MLS MVP versus MLS Defender of the Year, uh, that should be uh, something to really keep your eyes on. Uh, we discussed earlier uh, that article that I was talking about that Jason Kuhn wrote about Matt Hedges. Uh the one thing that uh, that Poon said that Hedges did very, very well is that that they don't necessarily want to play towards him because Hedges is so good at intercepting the ball. So that could be uh, very dangerous That uh, if they're trying to provide service to Villa. Uh, Villa will need to be a little bit more creative, will need to move, move outside of his channels that he normally runs down and to be able to get past Matt Hedges because uh, Hedges is one of the best in the league at intercepting the ball. So forcing him to move out of that channel would possibly provide uh, via going up against Walker Zimmerman, where Zimmerman is fantastic in the air. He's fantastic with tackling. So it could be uh, a very interesting matchup for David Villa versus really either of the two center defenders. Yeah. The other matchup, Carlos Garizo versus the other Maxi. Maxi Morales this I think is going to be another good matchup Uh, Garizo should be well rested after his first missed start uh, last game uh, coming off the bench against uh, Real Salt Lake and uh, the other Maxi which I will continue to call him that has two goals (laughs) (laughs) two goals on the season and he's the older Maxi he's 30 years old uh, but what's your thoughts on this matchup here? I really liked this. Uh, whenever Maxi Morales signed for New York City FC, uh, he's he used he used to play for Leon. If I'm not mistaken, he's on he's either on loan or uh, was sold. To, no, he was definitely sold to New York City FC from Leon down in Mexico. Uh, he's a very very talented uh, number ten. Uh, will provide a lot of danger going forward, providing a lot of service to Vian and to McNamara and guys like that. Uh, so Carlos Garizo will have a very big, very big matchup 
and Carlos Grezo has been uh, very strong lately, especially with his tackling. So uh, I think it would be a very good matchup uh, between those two. Yeah, I agree. And a key, the key to get three points is, I think, basically to continue off of that momentum from last week. So not coming out slow. Uh, but we definitely have to come in on the defensive end and just make sure that we're ready for that combination because they've got four players that we got to watch out for, for sure. So that's probably the biggest biggest couple of things uh, that I can think of. And honestly, I think we're going to remain unbeaten again going into this game. Um, what's your thoughts for the, the key to three? You know, I think the key for Dallas to get three points is to play, to utilize their width. Uh, that's one thing that Pereja has really built up over uh, his time being the manager. He loves his fast, wide players. And in order to beat New York City FC, in my opinion, uh, having Michael Barrios run down the flank, crossing balls in, uh, providing service to both Tesho and to Maxi Rudy, uh, I think that will be... Uh, the biggest asset to uh, beating New York City FC is you're going to have to beat them in the air by, pl- by playing wide and crossing the balls in. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go right into my score prediction. It's going to be probably one of the toughest games this season for Dallas, in my opinion, uh, aside from the Portland Timbers game. Uh, New York City FC has tons of talent, tons, uh, a good amount of depth, and their their attack is very lethal in my opinion. So I'm gonna I'm not terribly confident that Dallas will get three points. I'm gonna say a two two draw. Yeah, you 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 took the words out of my mouth. I'm gonna call a two two draw also because I think they're gonna come out firing and it's gonna be tough for us to get this win. So I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna agree with you. I think two two. I think that's definitely fair. And I think we will definitely remain unbeaten, but I don't think we're going to win this game. Um, so, as we kind of mentioned earlier, we we're going to talk about Maxi. And once again, you're tuned in to FCD Talk. You can always find the show on SoundCloud, All In Sports Talk. Also, you can find the show on the All In Sports Talk app. Make sure you go download it on Google Play and iTunes. So, kind of pre-show, we were talking about uh, Maxi, and he is on pace for 24 goals uh, at the rate that he's going. I know that that is that's amazing, and that's what we've been wanting. Uh, but, but give me your take on on Maxi, and it, can he do it? I'm going to say he's not going to be able to do it, to be honest. Uh, looking at Max Rudy historically, I've, I've watched him for the past several years now. He is a player that has a very hot streak and then has a very cold streak. And whenever he usually reignites uh, his goal scoring is whenever he's in a big game. This year has been a bit of the anomaly, though. Uh, Uridi has struggled to score more than 10 goals in a season uh, in his past years. Uh, but that's just because of his inconsistency. Uh, we're, I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show. Uh, Christian Coleman is yet to 
uh, score for FC Dallas uh, in an MLS play. Uh, obviously, he scored in CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, Coleman was FC Dallas's record signing, uh, signed for, I believe it was $2 million. And he has yet to really produce, and he's been relegated to the bench. So my personal opinion, uh, what we were talking about is that uh, Rudy has really shown since Christian Coleman came in. That's because there hasn't really been much uh, much pressure on the on the center forward to really produce because there hasn't really been much threatening that. Yeah, you have Tesho Akindeli, but I feel like he's more productive on one of the wings. Uh, so I feel like that he'd be better depth for Roland Lamal or Michael Barrios, which he has been doing this season. So uh, now that there's actual true pressure on Maxi to produce, otherwise he will end up on the bench, he has really upped his game. Uh, he's been touted as really one of the best uh, defensive center forwards in the league, and I, I think you can completely agree with that. You see how hard he works off the ball, and he's always finding himself in the right places. You see him track back to our own 18-yard box uh, whenever he needs to to really put his body out there for the team. And uh, you're seeing it now uh, with Rudy playing consistently as one of the best players on the field week in, week out. I think he's going to end up between 15 to 18 goals this season, but I don't think he's going to necessarily be in the golden boot race uh, throughout the entire season. Okay. And I think the you, said, you made a lot of great points, and I think with the pressure uh, on him, I think he, he is going to taper off towards the end of the season. And I think we're going to see this surgence of uh, Christiana Coleman. I think we're definitely going to see that later on in the season. Um, Also, Mario Diaz coming back. Also, not to mention uh, Kellen Acosta. This is still still the year of Kellen Acosta. So he's not, he's not completely out of the picture. He's going to, he's going to get some more goals. So I think there's going to be a lot more, going around but I'm I'm excited with his play I would definitely say that and I love the relationship that he has with with Freya I know they they have an interesting relationship and I believe there was a quote I think it was by Maxi he was just basically saying that uh, Pereja believed in him and took a chance on him and it, I think it was a a a valuable chance that he took because he is one of the probably fan favorites, not if not the biggest, one of the top two or three. And uh, he's been huge. He's been huge for this team. Definitely. And I, I think that goes a lot down to the way that Maxi was acquired by the team. So at the end of each season, uh, players that are out of contract uh, before they become free agents, they enter the re-entry draft process. It's just one of about like 20 or 25 too many drafts that MLS has in my <laughs> opinion uh, but uh, there were 40, 44 or 48 uh, draft spots two for each team and uh, Maxi I believe was the first player taken in the re-entry draft but only four players were taken out of the 48 draft spots everybody like those other 40 or 44 
uh, they, they passed on those players. So getting Maxi uh, through the reentry draft was a bit of a steal, in my opinion. Uh, he didn't necessarily get quality minutes with Portland. Uh, he was more often than not on the bench uh, and be, uh, being a bit of a super sub. And uh, I'm going to go a little bit full circle because uh, you mentioned Mario Diaz returning from injury in a couple months and how it's going to make Dallas even more even more lethal. I feel like Mario Diaz being out injured has benefited Maxi a whole lot because because, uh, because with the formation that Dallas has been having to use to compensate for their primary playmaker being out, it requires a striker to be a hard worker, having to be all over the pitch, having to track back and hustle, and that plays perfectly into Maxi's strength. It doesn't, because there's not a playmaker to do that work for him. He's having to create the plays, he's having to finish on those plays also. So, and I think that's a little bit where Christian Coleman struggles, that he's he's a big, fast player, but he's not necessarily one that tracks back. He's a little bit more of a, he's a little bit more of a target forward. And I think whenever Mauro Diaz returns, I think that's when we're going to really see the emergence of Christian Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a great point. When you, when you lose a major player, it, it changes the dynamic of the team, but it should, it changes also uh, in a matter of who's, who's stepping up and who's going to be uh, making the difference. So, yeah, we, we've got um, a great rest of the season left to go, and it's it's so much potential with this team. It's really, there's no limit to it, because when everybody's back and we're all clicking and these uh, players from other countries are settling in, international players, it's going to be, it's going to be a sight to see. So, everybody... If you're a fan of whatever team you are a fan of, watch out because we are still rising. We're not, we haven't reached the peak yet. So, uh, fun times. For sure, for sure. And I mean, it, it is a little bit crazy to see that uh, Dallas hasn't. I mean, yeah, Dallas has been getting the results, but it's not like that they've been the most entertaining team to watch. Unlike Dallas has been uh, the last season or two that. I mean, I think that's really what separates the good teams from the great teams is that even whenever you're not playing at your peak or anywhere near your peak, you're still getting your, your results. Uh, I mean, Dallas has had Mauro Diaz out since October. Ron Hollingshead is still reco- – I mean, technically he's still recovering from being hit by a car. And Anibal Chala, uh, we discovered earlier this week that uh, yeah, he made the bench a couple of times, but uh, he suffered an, 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 an he's, he suffered an, an abdominal strain. Uh, so that's why he hasn't been on the bench the last couple of games. Uh, so that's once. Uh, first off, that's a little bit frustrating about Chala being out injured again. That we have yet to see him actually play and him being a designated player signing. So that's a little bit worrisome that. Uh, that starting out with this team, he's already got two injuries that's forced him out to not even play a minute with FC Dallas. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to swallow because when before the season started, we were we were high on, on him. Uh, it was an exciting signing, but we haven't seen the fruit of it yet. So that's one that I'm I'm, I'm more so curious to see when he's fully healthy. 
um, because he, he's, it's gonna be, there's still gonna be a learning curve. There's still gonna be a grace period. He's not gonna be able to just come right in and uh, make an impact. I don't, at least I don't think. Um, but yeah, Anibal Chalas is definitely an interesting piece to this team when he gets an opportunity. For sure. And you know, my guess is that abdominal strains can be difficult. I don't, we don't necessarily know the extent of it. Uh, but hopefully he returns to training pretty soon. And if he does like start to get minutes once again, I think we'll start to see Anibal Chala in full force uh, probably around the time that Mauro Diaz uh, returns to full training and uh, starts playing games. So uh, assuming that he's recovering from this injury, uh, it'd probably be about another month or so before Chala gets some meaningful minutes and actually starts really being a contribution to this team. Yep, yeah, definitely. All right, everybody. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. FCD Talk. We have a great game coming up Sunday, Mother's Day. Make sure you take care of your mothers or your wives first and then think about the game. But we got great things coming up. Check us out next week. Like I said, you can check out the show on All In Sports Talk, the app, Google Play, iTunes. Also on SoundCloud, go to All In Sports Talk. And we are out. I'm Ben. And this is Preston. Y'all have a good one. All right.